Five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast in partnership with Kidney Care UK, sharing faith, knowledge, hope, and love. Hi, and welcome to Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. My name is Dee Moore, and I am a kidney warrior. This podcast is dedicated to encourage, educate, and inspire as we explore all aspects of kidney disease, related chronic illnesses, and health. If you have any questions or ideas for topics you would like me to cover, please get in contact with me on social media using the handle Diary of a Kidney Warrior. In today's episode, I'll be bringing you highlights of the advice and encouragement shared by healthcare professionals on Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast in 2023. So what advice do you have for a person living with CKD who follows a South Asian diet? The main thing I'd like to say is that you can still have a really healthy, balanced, low salt and enjoyable diet if all the food groups are balanced as well. And by food groups, I'm talking about carbohydrates, I'm talking about proteins, dairy, fruits and vegetables. That's always key regardless of what diet you follow. So making sure that you have all those within a healthy, balanced diet, the key. The only reason that you should be not having things like carbohydrates or certain foods in your diet is if you have a, a medical condition or you have been advised by another dietitian to take those out of your diet. Otherwise, you should be incorporating all those food groups. A high percentage of the South Asian population are predominantly vegan and vegetarian with some having fish in their diet, some just having a little bit of red meat. But the red meat is often taken with vegetables as well. So the amount of meat that's intake within the South Asian population isn't as high as most people would narrowly think. So the diets can provide many, many benefits and they can be very healthy. So starting off with high fiber and looking at things like lentils and pulses and grains So the great thing about these is that they can help gut health, they can help to keep our bowels regular, they provide us with soluble fibre, so help keep cholesterol levels in check. One of the things that most people tend to ask about is potassium content. So when we look at sort of dried pulses and grains and lentils, yes, they do contain potassium. And one of the ways that we sort of say you can still have them, but keep the potassium on the low side is when you have things like kidney beans and chickpeas, try not to use the dried version where you soak them overnight and then cook them, say maybe in a pressure cooker or boil them. Use the tinned versions. It's one of the best ways of having those pulses within your diet, but also having them at reduced potassium levels. So potassium is water soluble. So when they're canned and they're tinned, quite a lot of the potassium is actually removed with when it kind of sits in water it kind of drifts out. So it's water soluble, it will come out. So although you don't remove all of the potassium, it will be at a much reduced amount. So drain away that water, drain away the fluid that's in there, and you're just left with the beans and you can use those within your cooking. So if you are concerned about potassium levels and you still want to enjoy lentils and beans, that's a really good go-to. What is your final word of advice and or encouragement for someone listening who is living with both CKD and sickle cell? I mean, the final encouragement is that 
you can live a normal life with your sickle cell disease. And even on top of your kidney disease, you can also live a reasonably normal life, go on holidays, you do all the things every person would do. But the key thing is that you have to work in partnership with your healthcare providers and also be sensible with different things, your lifestyle and all that. But you can do every other thing. Everybody does and enjoy your life. So when we're talking about protein in the urine, protein in the urine shouldn't exist at all, should it? No, that's right. So with protein in the urine, as kidney doctors, for us, it's one of the earliest signs that a patient is developing a problem with their kidneys. So if, for example, your EGFR is normal and you've got protein in your kidney, that still needs to be investigated and looked at a little bit further. So it's interesting because especially for patients with diabetes, who are probably the biggest group of patients with CKD in primary care, that protein leak will start many, many years before the EGFR starts to fall. So if you're just relying on EGFR, then you're picking patients up a little bit too late. We want to be picking them up earlier as soon as they start to leak a little bit of protein in their urine. What final words of advice, stroke encouragement do you have for the listeners? Well, I'd like to pick on something that you just said, which is really great. I love that word future proof because that really sort of encompasses what this campaign Save Your Vein is about. It's about future proofing those veins. Because as you say, a vein can be your lifeline if you're on dialysis. And a fistula is as important to a patient on dialysis as a kidney is to a transplant patient, a transplanted kidney is. So on that basis, it's about future-proofing. And remember, I like to use the word super vein for a fistula. And that super vein is going to be your lifeline. And by following the rules of vein preservation, you are only helping yourself for the future. So in closing, what final piece of advice and encouragement do you have for the listeners? I would like to say to everybody, like I say today all the time, kidneys don't shout, but kidney disease is common. And I think if you've got a family history of kidney disease, if you've got diabetes, if you've got high blood pressure, and you have some of these little things, they don't come together. They don't come all the time. Sometimes they just sneak in and come out. All these symptoms that we've just been discussing. Go to someone and say, what's going on with me? I'm worried because there is family history. I've got diabetes and I'm having this. How are my kidneys? How is my kidney health? So look after yourselves and look after your kidneys. So, Dr. Sam, what is your final piece of advice or encouragement for the listeners? I would basically advise people not to lose hope. There are certain things that we can do for people in order to help them along their journey. And um, that's where they can come and speak to us whenever they're free to do so. So there is lots of things that patients can do to help the needling procedure. I think, if I remember rightly, but Dee, you'll probably know better. Often you will get asked when you have a new fistula or a new graft to do exercises on that fistula or graft. And I think we talked about this in the last podcast. And actually, those exercises are really important 
to make the fistula or graft as good as it possibly can be so that when we come to put needles into it, it's not small, it's not difficult to get the needles in, but we can get them in much more easier. It makes our life easier in terms of the people putting the needles in, but it also makes it a lot easier for you guys as the patients because it means that if the needle insertion is easier, it's less painful, it's less traumatic, it takes less time, all of those sorts of things. So that's one of the things that you can do. It's also very important, we've talked about the risk of infection, so it's very important to keep your fistula and your graft clean in between dialysis sessions. And we also often talk to you about how you can look after your fistula or graft to keep it healthy in between dialysis sessions, which is important. But then also as well, one of the things that can be really helpful from my perspective as a hemodialysis nurse is if you as a patient understand how is the best way to needle your fistula, it can help me when I'm putting the needles in. And again, this is something that's come up in my research in that patients have often talked about learning how the nurse puts their needles in so that they can help guide them if they're having problems putting their needles in. NHS trusts should meet their obligations for reimbursement in full for people on dialysis at home. It's a, it's a great treatment, it's a great choice, and that the reimbursement should not be a barrier to that. There is a policy in England for reimbursement but it's just not fully there yet in every single hospital. There's a policy, there's some stuff going on in Wales, which is great, which means that people do get quite a reimbursement, but they perhaps need more for that to keep the rooms warm when they're doing the dialysis. And in the rest of the country, in Northern Ireland and Scotland, Kidney Care UK are working to kind of uncover the differences in the way people are getting their repaid or not getting repaid in different units. So we're working hard on that. We talked about our surveys that you all helped with so keep telling us what's going on in your part of the world keep sending us your questions we have a brilliant team of patient support and advocacy officers who can help you and just keep going keep going in there as well because there is progress on this form of reimbursement and when we work together to tell policymakers what you're going through it can hit the mark and it can start to make change but there is still a lot more to do. And we'd like to do that together with everyone who is undergoing kidney treatment. What final word do you have for the listeners? Prevention. Catch everything quick. Check on your feet daily. Moisturise. Foot care. Comfortable footwear. Your feet will always let you know what's going on, whether you want to listen to them or not. They will tell you what's going on. Do you have a final word for the listeners? I think in general, it's just being aware that occupational therapy exists and what it can do, because as I said, it is a growing area in renal. And I think we should be asking for these services. And if we don't have it available in our area, then asking why not and trying to show that there's a need for it. Because I think Going back to the Royal College of Occupational Therapists, they have a report that they released a few years ago that was called Living Not Existing. And I think that really sums up quite nicely what we're aiming to do. We want somebody to have a life that's full, meaningful, what they want it to be. We don't want people just surviving day to day. We want it to be a full and healthy, holistic life. So it's about knowing that we're here, knowing what we can do to help you 
asking for a referral, asking what's available in your area. And if it's not available, asking why not and trying to build that momentum to show that there's a need so that we can grow this and provide this service to everybody and hopefully help everybody to live the best lives that they can, really. Prevention, I know, is your passion. And so I wanted to ask you, how can people prevent kidney disease? There are preventable causes of kidney disease, and there are also uh, uh, causes that you can't do much about. Uh, On the prevention side, all of us should drink enough. We need to flush our kidneys. That statement is not a a hoax. Uh, it's, It's real. We need to drink enough. Like I always say to people, if how much do you need to drink? Is your weight in kilograms multiplied by 30? Okay. That's what the dietitians say. They, they say 23, 25 to 35, but I just take 30 from the, 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 the middle. Um, so try to drink enough of water. I'm not meaning alcohol by any chance. I'm <laughs> saying water. And, <laughs> and, and just remember as well that if you are coming from a family where there is kidney disease in the family, you may need to be checked as well. Um, if you have got high blood pressure, and you know you've got high blood pressure, you should be taking your tablets. If the one that you are on doesn't work with you, you can go back to your GP and ask them to to give you another one. So you can actually uh, 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 change things that way. If you are diabetic, 42% of diabetics, uh, it doesn't mean that you are doing things wrong or whatever, but 42% end up having chronic kidney disease. And how you know is because your kidneys will be losing protein in the urine. So for any diabetic people, for anyone with high blood pressure, it is your responsibility. When you go for your yearly checks, take a sample of urine so that they can also check on whether the kidneys are getting affected by the diabetes by showing uh, uh, protein in, in the urine. If you don't and you go in and say, oh, I don't have a, a, a sample this, this this today, the next time it is going to be checked is after a year. That's too long. So let's look out after ourselves. Yes, we are talking about getting enough information so that we can make informed decisions is very, very important. Make sure that you go out there, you get all the information and and you look after yourself. Would you like to share a final word of encouragement, a final word for the listeners? Yes, I think I'm going to echo Phoenix in saying educate yourself, knowledge and come to Kidney Care UK because we have, if we don't know the answers, we'll find out the answers for you. But we've got a huge amount of experience for dealing with all of the challenges of life. So educate yourself, but also ask for help. That's what we're here for. Um, and Everybody needs a helping hand from time to time. There's no shame. Let us walk alongside you. What final word of encouragement do you have for the listeners and the viewers? I can't emphasize enough. The earlier you know your options um, in terms of transplantation, but also choices in terms of dialysis, um, the earlier you know your options, the more you are in control as a patient. We, We say empowerment, but it's all about getting control back over your life, isn't it? And we're there to support and we're there to support within the healthcare system. But there's huge support in Kidney Care UK and other organizations that really stand next to the patient and, you know, follow the patient, the person with kidney disease in their journeys and support them where they can. 
there is an awful lot, but people just need to know where to find it. I think that's a theme of, of the whole podcast, hopefully. I think my encouragement is very much to echo what you set out to do and achieve with the Kidney Warrior podcast, and that is a diagnosis of kidney disease can be a devastating thing. The burden of the disease can be incredibly high, but it doesn't own you. You make the choices about your life. Challenges come. And I think if we can play our part alongside people like you to empower people to make the choices that they're entitled to in their life, to take control of their lives and for healthcare and everything else to fit around the, the individual kidney patient and their families. If we can just do one small thing to make that a reality, then I, I think we'll have made a small difference. I think there's a saying in the charity world that the charities are often too quick to say we change lives. I don't think we change lives. I, I think people change their own lives. And I like to say that we're here to help in any way we can to help them change their lives. Thank you for listening to Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. And don't forget that you can contact me on social media using the handle Diary of a Kidney Warrior. Please do subscribe to the podcast and please do tell a friend. New episodes of this podcast are released every other Monday. Until next time, take care and choose to live. Diary of a Kidney Warrior. Sharing faith knowledge, hope, and love.